Welcome, and hello, you found me. It's Patrick from We Live on a Planet. I'm glad that you ended up stumbling upon the show. Maybe it's not your first time here, maybe it is. Either way, welcome to this Thursday, November 4th, 2021 edition of We Live on a Planet. It's episode 519. Holy cow, 519 episodes, give or take. 35 degrees Fahrenheit here in central New York in the fine city of Oswego. It's chilly. Feels like 35. Highs are only going to be about 43. Winds are out of the north. Two miles per hour. It snowed in Plaskai, New York yesterday, my mom's hometown. And in New Haven, New York, the town I grew up in. Just a rock throw from Oswego. I just got back from the store and there was slush on the back of my window. Tis the season. Stick around when we come back. We're going to start the show. Well, we already kind of did, but you know what I mean. We'll be right back. All right, here's our quote. Before you fall asleep every day, say something positive to yourself. Before you fall asleep every day, say something positive to yourself. Enid Bagnold is the author of that quote. That's hard to do. It seems like an easy task, doesn't it? To say something positive about yourself. But if you were to have somebody say, hey, tell me something, one good thing about yourself or one positive thing, or what, what do you really like about yourself? It's hard. Some people have no problem with it. Some people are able to spout off a whole list of things that they are proud or positive about. But for me, it's, it's hard. Sometimes I struggle. Every day I struggle. We all do. And everybody's struggle is different. I'm doing my best today. And so before I fall asleep today, I'm going to try to say something positive to myself. So I'm still a little frustrated. I have my radio public woes. It still is not up to date. So if you are a radio public listener, I don't even know why I'm addressing you. You're... Well, if you are, you came maybe you came over to another podcast provider, but 511 was the last one to be updated, so I've emailed them several times with no response. So I guess my next step is to reach out to Anchor, which is my podcast provider, and ask them if they can look into the reason why the RSS feed from Radio Public is not updating my most recent podcasts. Speaking of frustrated, I'm also frustrated because my identity got stolen. Damn. Yeah. Uh, has that happened to you? Are you like going, yeah, I feel your woes, or are you like, no, but I'm fearful of that happening? I guess like one in three people are going to be victim of identity theft. And uh, I, the reason why I got flagged really is because I got a card, a debit card sent to me 
that I did not ask for in the email with my name or not in the email in a, in the mail <laughs> and, uh, with my name on it and asking me, here's your new, here's your replacement debit card. It said, I'm like replacement debit card. I didn't even ask for a debit card from this place. It had my name on it and wanted me to link it all up to my bank and all that. And, oh, I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? And I ended up calling my youngest daughter, Abby. She works at a credit union. She's been at, working at a credit union for almost two years now. And she's like, well, first of all, just know, Dad, that it happens far too often. So don't feel like you're singled out. It happens all the time. It's a big hassle. And here's the steps that you need to do. And I was like, well, I went online and it said something about calling the police. Do I call the police? And she just kind of, she's like, no. And I'm like, are they going to laugh at me? She's like, no, and they won't laugh, but they're not going to do anything because you haven't been a victim of anything. Even though they stole your identity, nothing has happened yet. And I don't understand the scam right now of giving getting a debit in my name of how that would benefit somebody else but I looked into it and to get that particular card that was sent you would have to have my social security number so my name address and social and to know somebody has that just gives me that feeling of violation just feels so I don't know the last time I remember feeling that is way back in the 80s when my car my first car got broken into and somebody stole all my cassettes and my cool Jensen truck box speakers. And I had so many Pink Floyd cassettes and Grateful Dead cassettes and mixed tapes. Everybody was making mixed tapes back then. And, oh, what a bummer. What a bummer. There's a lot of steps that you have to go through when your identity is stolen. And uh, it took me a while to go through those steps. But after an hour, just for one, an hour on the phone with the card company. That was just the card company. Uh, all right, stick around. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about all kinds of things. We'll be right back. And we are back. I'm glad we're back. I'm glad that you came back. Oh, speaking of being glad, the Bills, the Buffalo Bills, they won Sunday. It was a rough game, though, actually, because the Dolphins are not looking that great this season, and the Bills had won their last six times, I think, at home against the Buff uh, against the Dolphins. And the Bills' first first beginning of the game were not looking that good, but it ended up being twenty six to eleven with the Bills on top. They play the Jacksonville Jaguars next, who are one and six. So the Jaguars are not looking very good, and uh, the Bills are five and two, and they played this Sunday at one o'clock. Go Buffalo! I have a good feeling. You know, the best part about being a Bills fan is you always feel like it's your year, even when you're struggling. I think that's 
a thing about being a Bills fan is you have to have optimism. I struggle with that a lot of times, but uh, the Bills, I just believe. I believe that this is their year. I think they're going to win the AFC East, and then I think they're going to go on to the Super Bowl, and I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I just called that. I just called that out. I don't know if that's... Dang. Yeah. If that's going to happen or not, I hope I didn't jinx them. I don't think I did. So I meet with my uh, new nurse practitioner tomorrow. I'm anxious, but optimistic. We were just talking about trying to be optimistic. I'm trying to be optimistic. Like I stated before the other day on my show, some of the best care I've ever had was given by a nurse practitioner, the most caring and listening and most thorough exam, all that kind of stuff. So I meet with a therapist, but this is uh, for med therapy. So somebody that can write me prescriptions and whatnot and uh, nothing should change because I don't have any meds that are going to be changing for me. It's just starting out new and that's always hard to do, I think. So how was your... Halloween, did you get a lot of trick-or-treaters? We only got two (laughs) trick-or-treaters. Two trick-or-treaters, that's it. Yeah, I don't know if that deserves laughter, but two trick-or-treaters and uh, laughter that goes on forever, it seems. Whatever I said was hilarious. So we have lots of candy left. Ah. putting on my central New York winter weight. (laughs) I got to once it starts getting cold. Like I said this morning, I had to run over to the store real quick and there was slush on the back of my windshield of the car. And I was going, ugh, I'm not ready for this. But I was over to my oldest daughter's yesterday. My wife and I went over to visit her and got to see my grandpup's so I'm happy about that, and I jumped on her scale, and I'm putting a little bit of weight back on. That's good. Like, if you do follow the show, you know that I was telling you it felt really good. I got really low, and you could see my abs and everything, and at 50-plus, felt good to see my abs. But at 162, and I'm six foot tall, I was just too thin. I didn't have enough muscle on me, and so it just made me look too scrawny and sickly, and Nothing fit me right, so I had to bulk up a little bit, and I've been putting a little bit of weight back, weight, a little bit of weight back on, if I can spit that out. Yeah, so I can't believe I only got two trick or treaters. That happens though. Last season, we, while being COVID, I don't even think we got any. I think trick or treating was canceled, if memory serves. But in the past, even when trick-or-treating is in full force, we don't get a lot of kids that stop by. My front porch, I don't have a designated outside light. I only have a sensor light, and it is uh, solar-powered. So I don't have a switch to flip it on. So 
the only way for that light to go on is if you have to like walk up the stairs a little bit and it bright activates and brightens it right up so the kids don't see the light on so they don't come to the door and i i love the idea of kids having fun and trick-or-treating and doing their whole thing but i'm not about to sit out on my porch in central new york oswego night weather unless i'm all bundled up handed out candy it's just <laughs> i i'm not a scrooge but i wasn't about to do that stick around we'll be right back and welcome back all right uh what else were we going to talk about before we headed on over to the history channel and the facts site oh i'm excited i have um this weekend is the start of a nice get-together and a party with the Sharkies. And if you've followed the show, you know that I have had Jeff Sharkey, race car driver extraordinaire, on the podcast. Uh, what episode? I don't have that in front of me right now. I should have wrote that down. Sorry about that, Jeff, or anybody that's listening. Next podcast, I will write down, I will tell you what podcast number that was. So if you want to hear the interview with Jeff Sharkey, who races out of Evans Mills, New York, and uh, it's a party for his crew and his sponsors. I'm one of his sponsors, so I'm excited about that. And there'll be a food and a fire and... Uh, yeah, I can't wait. There might be some burnouts in the road. I don't know. Probably not. Not where he lives. <laughs> the neighbors probably wouldn't appreciate that. But that would be nice. Unfortunately, it would be just myself. My wife was invited to the party, which thank you, Jeff, for inviting my wife. But she has to work. My wife works Saturday and Sunday. And uh, the party is Saturday. And so I was going to take an Uber. And Jeff offered to come pick me up. Because I live right down the street from him anyways. It's, it, I could walk if it was summertime. Even in the winter I could walk. It'd just be a chilly long walk. So it's not that far. And, um, and then I thought about an Uber. Like I said. But Jeff offered. And then my daughter Abby is letting me use her vehicle for the night. So thank you, Abby. I appreciate you. And uh, she's going to let me borrow for the night so I can hang out as long as I want. I think I'm going to bring some Labatt Blue NAs, some non-alcoholic brews. Labatt Blue is was my one of my go-to drinks when I was drinking beer. And they make a really tasty non-alcoholic beer. And it tastes just like a real Labatt Blue, just minus the alcohol. I don't know how much drinking will be going on at this party, but I'll bring a six-pack. That way I have something to kind of have in my hand in case anybody is having a beer around the fire. I don't feel left out. I don't feel left out, though, that I'm sober now over six years. I feel fortunate about it. Everything's still kind of new still, though. A lot of times, 
my feelings and how I react to things are still so new. I'm still have that alcoholic brain, that addicted brain. I'll always have that. It's something I was born with. My anxiety and bipolar, I deal with the best I can by seeing doctors and taking meds and coming out and talking to you, believe it or not. It helps me. Helps me a lot. You help me more than you know. So, um, alrighty, what are we going to do? I wished I could play this. I can't play that because I don't want copyright infringements. But I think we will head on over to the History Channel's website and check out what happened this day of history. So stick around. We'll be right back. And we are back. We're back to learn something. And I'm figuring we can learn it right over at the History Channel's website. I've got the History Channel's um, This Day of History pulled up on my phone. And on this day in 1922, November 4th, 1922, the entrance to King Tut's tomb is discovered. And we know the history of that, of King Tut. They talk so much about it on the History Channel and other stations and We've learned so much about them, but yet know so little still about the Egyptians. I find it fascinating that King Tut, really out of all the pharaohs, really wasn't that famous of a pharaoh. He just happens to be that famous to us because it was the only known tomb intact to be open, the seal to be broken, whereas most tombs that are found now are have been looted centuries ago by grave robbers so it was just jam-packed with a treasure trove of artifacts i can't even imagine what they're still going to find in egypt today because out in the valley of the kings and out other areas like that there's places that have not be, been found and discovered and uh there's tombs out there that will rival King Tut's. All right, what else do we have? Let's move forward. In sports, 1924, California legalizes boxing after a 10-year ban. Wow, 10 years. You couldn't box from 1914 to 1924. All right, what else do we have in this day in history? 2008. Barack Obama elected as America's first black president. That happened way back in 2008. Wow. Middle East, 1979. Iran hostage crisis begins after U.S. Embassy in Tehran is stormed. I remember that because uh, if, I, if I remember Jimmy Carter was president at the time. Yeah, he was unable to resolve the crisis. And uh, after Carter lost, Ronald Reagan 
was the one who was able to initiate the release of the hostages, if memory serves. Um, all right. Russia. 1956 Soviets put a brutal end to the Hungarian Revolution. Any of these that I'm telling you, feel free to go to the History Channel's website and you can click on it. It's going to open up the whole article and give you just a whole plethora of information. Here's one in United States Presidents. 1842, Abraham Lincoln marries Mary Todd. Lincoln gets married. Art, literature, and film history. 1948, T.S. Eliot wins Nobel Prize in Literature. T.S. Eliot. Art, literature, and film history. Another one in 1990. Just a year after I graduated high school. Dances with Wolves premieres in theaters. It's an American Civil War era soldier and a group of Suez Native Americans. That stars Kevin Costner. It's it's strange. I've never seen from start to finish Dances with Wolves. And I know a lot of times a lot of my listeners I tell I say these things and then you're screaming or you're looking and you're like going, Huh? How can that be? I just never did. In nineteen ninety, I was twenty. I wasn't going to the going to see movies and all that kind of stuff that much. Um, you were renting VHSs at the time and everything. And it was more like history. And I wasn't into history back then like I am now. And now I'd like to watch it from start to finish, definitely. All right, what else do we have? I think that's good. That about sums it up for this day of history. There's more. We just skimmed the fat. I encourage you to go over to the History Channel's website and learn a little bit more and um, get a wrinkle on your brain, just like we did. We'll be right back. I think I need to re-record my welcome back back intro because it kind of cuts in real quick that's just me i i'm not a perfectionist that's for sure because this show is always unedited unscripted one and done all i have is a couple show notes to keep me on track because my brain is so scatterbrained that i would be losing you wouldn't It'd be uh, hard to follow the show if I didn't have follow, if I didn't have show notes, because <laughs> I w- we would be all over the place. If you know me, when we talk in person, I can j- tend to jump topics. My wife has become very gifted at realizing how the flow of my conversation will go, and <laughs> I'll be saying one thing and then totally talk about something different, and she'll just kind of look at me and she'll get it though. I love her to death. All right, let's move forward. All right, why do we eat pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving? Well, I know why I I do, because it's damn delicious. And uh, Thanksgiving's over in Canada. They gorged themselves already, but we haven't yet. 
and we're about to. And uh, Thanksgiving's fun. It's a good time to eat, good time to get together with family, be thankful for things in life. Um, we're just going to skim the facts. This is from Becca Marsh, who I said I got to try to get on the show as a guest. But yeah, families, you know, get together around that time. And why pumpkin pie instead of apple pie? Apple pie is delicious, but there's many reasons why pumpkin pie is made for Thanksgiving, some relating to the seasons, other is to history. In the United States, Thanksgiving sits at the beginning of the fall season, and this is celebrated over a feast consisting of seasonal foods. Pumpkin and squash are harvested in North America and Canada during the fall. Therefore, being a seasonal crop, it is in abundance at this time. It makes sense to use a crop that is around at this time because it's affordable and accessible to everyone. It is estimated that around 50 million pumpkin pies are consumed for Thanksgiving every year in the United States. That's just in the United States. 50 million. So North Northeast Native American tribes grew pumpkins and squash as a staple to their diet. Pumpkins, pumpkin is native to the Western Hemisphere and has been cultivated as a crop long before foods such as corn and beans. Native Americans have been farming pumpkins for over 9,000 years. The oldest pumpkin seed found in a tomb in Mexico dates back to around 7,000 B.C. Pumpkins were first cultivated in Tijuana and Oceana Valleys in and around 6,000-5,000 B.C. How do I say that? T, T, I can't say it. T-E-H-U-A-C-A-N and A-O-X-A-C-A. All right. <laughs> Help. Not only were they the staple crop for native tribes across North America, but they were sacred and often used for rituals and celebrations. As technology had developed and we have become in industrialized and the scale of farming pumpkins has increased dramatically, in 2018, according to the USDA National Agricultural Statistics Survey, reported that 1.5 billion pounds of unused pumpkins were harvested that year alone. Holy moly donut shop. 1.5 billion weren't even used? Wow. Wow. It was in 1621 some of the earliest uh, American earliest American settlers came across pumpkin for the first time and were new to eating it. Early recipes described ways of cooking pumpkin, which would have involved hollowing out a pumpkin and filling it with milk, spices, and honey. They would then roast this on a fire to create a sweet stew. Yum. That sounds pretty delicious. It became a tradition for the Native Americans to bring the pumpkins to the settlers as gifts as they showed them how to cook and prepare pumpkins. Groovy. 
All right, there's a lot more that you can learn about going into making pumpkin pies, about recipes, the biggest pumpkin pie ever made, all that kind of stuff. If you head on over to the fact site, and I encourage you to, stick around. We'll be right back. And we're back. I kind of wanted to, uh, before we end the show, I was thinking about adding something new. I used to do word of the day and that just didn't say, I don't know. It kind of went over like a popcorn fart in church. Not very well. And, uh, so <laughs> I decided, uh, maybe we could do, uh, just like a, did you know, there's a website that I follow and it's called just that. Did you know? And I thought it would be neat to do those when we do the show. All right. So here we go. Did you know there used to be a paint made of ground-up Egyptian mummies? I figured since we were talking about King Tut, this would be kind of tied in. See what we did here? Mummy brown was a favorite color of many 19th century European painters. But some people were so upset by its ingredients, they buried the tubes of it in the ground out of respect for the dead. It was still being made up up until 1964 when the manufacturer's ancient mummy supply finally ran out. Mummy Brown. Wow. Did you know that? Damn. It was kind of late, wasn't it? <laughs> All right. Hey doing my best so i'm looking forward this weekend i'll let you know how it goes when i talk to you on sunday because the shows now are thursdays and sundays and i'm looking forward to sunday because it's game day i'm looking forward to getting together with the sharkies and his crew and meet meet some of the other sponsors and who doesn't love a nice bonfire i love a fire just feels good all right my friends if you would like, please leave me a voice message. You can head on over to my website, WLOAP.com. From there, there's a little phone icon. Touch that. It's going to bring me right up to the Google Voice. It rings five times before it goes to voicemail. Leave me a voice message. Or on Instagram, you can leave me a voice message. You can do it right on Anchor if you're using the Anchor app. Doing it on Instagram... You don't even have to spend any money or text or uh, text rates or anything like that or worried about like uh, my buddy Radio Mylar is in Canada and for him to call my actual phone number would cost him money on his cellular data, I'm sure. But for him to leave a message right on Instagram, easy. So if you're listening from another country but you have Instagram, there you go. All right, my friends, as always, do your best to stay curious and not judgmental. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Peace.